You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. This week, we have a special message from Jeff Robinson that will challenge you to be different. I want to talk to you this morning about something that I know quite a bit about. I want to talk to you about being different. Um, I started to call it weirdo because... Uh, um, everybody is, you, might, you guys may not know this bit of truth, but everybody is somebody's weirdo, okay? Um, you, and and so, some of you guys can immediately think of who your weirdo is, that, you know, in, in your group. If you have a circle of friends, um, there's a weirdo in that group. If you're not sure which one it is, it might be you. Um, I think that's what Rick was pointing out. I, I'm the weirdo of my family unit. That must be the, um, but it's okay. I've, I've been weird my whole life. Uh, I, uh, I grew up, you know, here in the I grew up in Birmingham, grew up in the South, and uh, I, I, I love music. I, I've, I've loved music all my life. I mean, from the earliest, the, the earliest things, I can remember uh, my mom was, was, was a musician and a singer, and, and, and I remember singing in church. From the time, I, you know, I was five or six, I started singing and doing things, and I, uh, I broke into playing, uh, but before I became a musician, I was a drummer in the church, and um, the drummers will get that joke in a second. Um, before I became a musician, I was a drummer. <laughs> Drummers aren't music. Ask your neighbor, they'll explain it to you. Um, you know, and, and, and so I, I but I, I've been doing it all my life, and, and so, but growing up in the South, you know, you're expected, to, especially if you're a guy, and I, I, I was always a big kid, and so, um, you know, especially if you're a big guy in the South, you know, you're expected to play sports and to be athletic, and uh, I was not athletic. I was big and slow, uh, and so uh, that does not an athlete make, and so, so, but, but I did, I went out for football, you know, the peewee football stuff, and um, of course, I, I was always, <laughs> I, I, to, to stay in my age group was like the 70 pound, or whatever, I used to do it by, by weight, and I was a 70 pound, and I was always the kid that was stripped down to his underwear, like not drinking water for two days to try to make weight before the football game, you know, it was the kind, um, and, and so, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, so, some of you guys might can relate to that, and um, so, but anyway, I, I played football, and, and I remember they told my parents, because I was big, and they were excited about having somebody that could do this, and I remember they told my dad, they said, he is not mean enough. You need to go make this kid mean. He's not mean enough to do this. And uh, my dad tried. Um, his belt, he tried to make me as mean as I could, but no, it, um, uh, it, it just didn't work. And so I, I've been weird. I've been different my whole life, and, and, and I get that. And there's some of you that you've been different, and, and you've been weird, and, and that's okay, because... What I want to tell you this morning is God loves weirdos. God is calling us to be different. God is looking for the different. He's not just worried about, he, 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 he didn't want a cookie cutter. When God made man, he didn't take this thing and stamp them out so they all look just alike, they all sound just alike, they all have the same talents. Can you imagine how boring it would be? My house would be boring if we didn't have the wide array of personalities that are in my house. And there is a wide array of personalities in my house. And life would be boring. I, I, I can't imagine. You know, my, my wife and I, we're, um, we're opposites. She, uh, um, she's a little country. I'm a lot rock and roll. She, uh, um, you guys that are old like me, you remember Donnie Marie? You know, you know you get that joke right there. All these young kids are like, um, but, uh, my wife is a planner. Man, I'm, I'm a creative kind. I'm, I, I'm the kind, you know, I'm a procrastinator. I've told you before, I'm the president of the Procrastinators Club. At least I would be if we ever got around to voting. But um, ask your neighbor, they'll explain that one. Um, Procrastinate. Anyway. My wife is a planner. We, uh, 
Uh, we have a cruise coming up in October for our anniversary. We'll be married 29 years in October. And so uh, I know, I, I don't know how she's put up with me this long. And, uh, but, you know, my wife already has lists. She's got packing lists and things. She has things we need to do before here. My wife was a planner. I'm the kind of guy that the day before we leave is going to be like, it's probably hot, I need some shorts. <laughs> um, I think there's a pool on the boat. Let's throw a bathing suit in here. You know, uh, oh, I need shoes. Let's throw a pair of shoes in there. You know, I, I'm, and, and that's the thing. But together, we make a pretty decent team because she can be very rigid about some of that stuff, and I am the opposite of rigid. And so the, the, t- together, we kind of make a really good team. And, and you see, that's what it's all about, is about being different and understanding that our differences make us better when we work together. And so what I want to talk today is, is some differences. You see, God has called us to be different. And, and the first thing, he wants us to be different from the world. Different is not the same as another or each other, unlike in nature, form, or quality. Uh, it's distinctive or separate. God wants us to be different from the world. He wants us to be uh, not the same. He wants us to be unlike in nature, unlike in, in, in quality, unlike in the way that we do, different from the world. Television, radio, uh, media, um, society, they begin to paint an idea of what we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Um, they they, they kind of tell us when we're growing up. When kids come up, they tell you, you know, if you're a guy, especially years ago, you know, my, my generation, back in the last century, you know, they, uh, you're supposed to do this. If you're a guy, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to act like this. You're supposed to be this way. Um, if you're a girl, nowadays, you know, they, they tell us you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do this. But you see, God is calling us to be different. Uh, there's a scripture I want to share with you. Uh, it's in First Peter. It says, um, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Now, if, if you're old like me and you grew up in church, especially in a Pentecostal church, you probably sang this verse, except it was King James. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy night. Larry, you know what I'm talking about, you know, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him. And so um, in, in the church I grew up, we took peculiar very seriously. We wanted to be a peculiar people, okay? We wanted to be different. We wanted to be weird. And, and so, but God is, you know, they, they, the, the scriptures use those words because um, that's exactly what he's looking for. God is looking for us to be not just like everything else. He wants us to not be what society expects, but God wants us to be something different. When Jesus came to earth, um, he came into a place that was divided, basically, you had, in, in the world that he came into, you had the empire that ruled everything. Sounds like Star Wars, don't it? You had the empire, and you had the rebels or the church. And so, um, back to the Star Wars thing. And so, you, you, you had the church, except the church wasn't necessarily the church that God was looking for. The church at that time was made up of people who basically were trying to stay in power. Sounds like some politicians that we know today. That was their job. And, and, and so they created, God gave Ten Commandments, and if you read the book of Leviticus, they threw it into hundreds of, of laws and things that they began to add. And there was all these things that they kept adding. And Jesus came in and Jesus said, my father is looking for something different. And Jesus was hated by both sides because he came in and he upset the apple cart because he was, he was different. The church said, you know, you have to do this. And Jesus said, no, you know, my father says this. My father says that um, anybody, anybody can love their friends and hate their enemies. That's what even the wicked. But I say, my father says, that we love those who persecute you. Love your enemies, don't just your friends. 
And that's what God is looking for us is to be different, to be different from what society tells us. Um, there are, society tells you that when you get old, and, and I'm fast approaching that old. Uh, I had a birthday a few weeks ago, and I was, um, well, it's not important what I was, but uh, uh, I was 48, um, which, is, which is real close to 50. And I don't know how that happened, because I was 28 about three weeks ago, I swear. And, um, and, and so, but the older I get, the more I realize that there are, and so the world tells me, society tells me, there are young people out to get my job, okay? Lexi wants my job. Lexi wants my spot, you know? Micah wants my solos, you know? They, they want, they, these young guys, um, and, and the world tells me that I should fight for these things, that I should fight for my right to party, that I should stand, that's another old thing, um, you know, that, that I should stand up and do this. But you see, God tells me that I need to take these guys under my wing and make them better than me, to teach them everything that I know, to add to what they know, so that they can be much better, so that when I, when I am through, when, I, when I'm at the end of, of, of that particular ministry that God has me in, that there are people that it not only doesn't miss a beat, it gets better. You see, there are young people in our lives that, that we're taught, and I used to be one of those young people, because it tells these young people that there are old people that don't want you to take their spot and they're standing in your way. And so you need to try to usurp them and get in there and do that. When we are different, when I show them that I love them, when I take somebody like Micah and, and I say, hey, let me, let me help you. Let me tell you what I know and what I've been through so that I can help you do that then he has to stop and say, wait a minute. Maybe this old dude is not trying to stand in my way. Maybe I can learn something, and we can work together, and we can have something that's really good. God is looking for different. God is looking for those who understand that together we can make a difference. There's another scripture, um, Romans 12, 2. And you see, this is different from the world because a lot of times we, we get so involved in, in, in the things and, and we get so immersed in our culture and we get so immersed. It's like a missionary that goes and they live in another country for years and they almost forget when they come back to America what it's like. We're, we're, we're kind of like that. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and respond, quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. You see, the world wants to tell us these things, and they do that, but God is saying, I got something better for you. Don't get so well-adjusted that, that you miss out. Rick talked several weeks ago about taking his grandkids for ice cream, and, and you know they're, they're comfortable eating the weeks-old cookie that's buried under the back seat, you know? Uh, I was reading a thing this week, they were talking about, take, um, uh, I was reading an article, and the guy was talking about taking his kid for ice cream, and his kid is playing in the park, and so the ice cream truck, so he's like, you know, standing here, he's watching his son, he goes over and gets ice cream, and he comes back, and his son has a mouthful of sand. His son is eating sand, perfectly content and happy to be eating sand. He's got ice cream in his hand, and he's like, no, I'm good with the sand, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that, and that's the way we are sometimes. You know, God is calling us to be different. We're happy with sand. We're happy with fighting for our spot and knowing that, you know what, when I leave, I don't care what they do, but they're not taking my spot right now. But God has something better. God wants us to be different, different from the world, unlike the one who says that when, uh, if somebody's out to get me, then I need to get them first. 
different from the world that says that, you know what, it's either this or this. You're either this or this. We could be like God and say, you know what, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be, the word that, that, that God's been dealing with me since the beginning of the year is, is, is middle. You know, God, he, he started telling me, you know what, the world says, you know, you've got this side or this side. But God says, I want you to go this way. I want you to go here because if you're here, you can reach both sides. If you get to this side, it's hard to reach this side. If you go to this side, it's hard to reach this side. But I want you to go here. I want you to be different. I want you to be my weirdo. Um, not only does God want us to be different from the world, he wants us to be different from where we were. He wants us to be different from what we were. Uh, Max Licato is, uh, is, is a favorite author of mine. And um, he, he has, th this is an old quote. He says, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. Uh, my wife and I, when we got married in 1989, um, as perfect as I was in 1989, my wife loved me, but she loved me too much to leave me that way, okay? What you see before you is 29 years of hard and arduous work by my wife to become the man that stands in front of you today. God loves you too much to leave you like you are. God, I, I want you to understand this this morning. Um, God loves you exactly like you are. While you, the, my, a scripture that, that I absolutely love says that while I was still in sin, Christ died for me. While I was still unworthy, while I was still vile and disgusting, God loved me. And he, not, not only did he love me, he gave himself and died for me. Not once I got better, but while I was still there. God loves you exactly where you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. One of my sons works with me. And so we'll be, um, we'll be doing something. And I've been doing this you know, stuff a long time. And so um, we'll be working and I'll, uh, I'll, say, I'll see him doing something. And I said, hey, why don't you try it this way? This is, you know, years of experience. And, you know, at first it's the typical, <laughs> okay, old man, I got this. Just, I got this. But, you know, eventually he'll try it and he'll be like, hey, you're not, maybe you're not as stupid as I think you are. You know, you, that, that actually works. And you see, that's the way, because I love him too much to let him keep doing it the hard way, you know. I, I, I see that he made a mistake and I love him too much to let him keep making that mistake. God wants that with us that, you know what, we make mistakes and we do things, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. And so he wants us to be different from not only what the world is, but from what we used to be. Ephesians 4.14, this is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, he says, no prolonged emphases among us, please, will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ and everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything that we do. He's telling me that, he said, I, I, I don't want you guys to be ignorant. I, I don't want you to stay immature. I want you to know the truth because there are people who will try to lead you astray. There are people in the world who are going to take Scripture, and they'll take a small portion, and they will try to lead you out of what God has for you. They'll throw out a small Scripture like, the Bible says, judge not. So how dare you tell me that what I'm doing is a sin? Well, the Bible says judge not, but it goes on to say, unless you, you know, but know that you'll be judged by the same, the same standard that you'd use to judge. And he says, understand there's a standard that everyone will be judged by. 
So when you use it to somebody, understand you were held by that same standard and know what you're doing. Scripture, they, they just throw out the first part that says you're not supposed to judge. No, I'm supposed to understand that God is the judge and there is a standard and here's the standard. I have to measure myself by it and we measure everything by it because this is God's standard. When we understand Scripture, then, then we can become mature and we can be different from not only where I was, I can, I, I can continue to grow and continue to do things. 2911 is a different church. If you've been here for any amount of time, if you're a, if, if a first-timer, let me tell you, 2911 is different. Um, I've been in ministry pretty much my whole life. I was 19 years old the first time I was on the church staff. And uh, <laughs> I, I was youth pastor, and I had kids that were 17, and I was 19. You know, it's, um, I, was, I, was, I remember giving parenting advice as 20, 20, 20 years old to people with a 16-year-old son. <laughs> I had a lot of hubris back then. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I've been in ministry, and um, if you're in vocational ministry, here's the way it normally works. Uh, it's, it's a lot like a job. And so when a church has an opening, they're looking for somebody, they, they, you find out through a friend, you find out through uh, the denomination, you find out through something, there's an opening, you send a resume, they come in, they talk to you, you go in. And, and like most jobs, you know, you find a fit, and, and, and it's there, and you got some personalities, but you don't necessarily agree with everything. You understand that this is the way the church works, and, and, and there's some things you deal with. After doing that for years, my wife and I were at our dream job in Gainesville, Florida. Um, we, 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 we planned to retire from there, and uh, loved it, and uh, our parents started getting sick, and God, God told us we needed to come home and help take care of our family. Um, God and I didn't speak for a couple years after that, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, we, uh, and, and so we came home and, um, you know, there were churches here that I, I helped and we, we were on staff here as we did things. But, uh, I, I said in first service five or six years ago, I started doing the math. It was seven years ago, seven years ago, my wife and I decided I'm tired. I'm tired of simply doing ministry as a job. I'm simply, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of, of, of going with a church and finding the, fit, the, the one that least offends me the most and working for them because it's a job. I want to find somewhere, you know what I'm talking about. I want to find somewhere that I like. I, I want their vision, that their vision burns in me. And if I have to go sit in the pew and, and, and work in the parking lot or whatever, I want to do that because I want to be a part of something different. I'm tired of being a part of a church that is a social club like the world, that it's a, play, a haven for Christians to get away from the world. I want to be a part of a church that reaches out to the world and is a haven for those trying to get away from the world, okay? And so we came, we, we, we visited, we, we set up, that we were going to visit several churches, and um, 2911 was the first one we visited, and absolutely loved it. But we were like, I'm not going to the first church we visit. I want to make sure because we're in this for the long haul. I, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for a church. We're going to do this. And we visited four or five other churches. But 2911 was the one that spoke to us. We went to, we went to Growth Track. We went to 101, and we learned about it. And, and, and we started doing that. Uh, we listened to Jamie. I talked with Jamie and said, listen, I, you know, I've, I've done music a little bit. You know, so if we can help, we can do something. And, and so we came to 2911, and I'm here because this church is different. This is not a church that is simply here for people who are like-minded to come and gripe about the people who are not. This is not a social club for us to come 
and, and shy away from the world and, and, and hide ourselves and, and be here and, you know, occasionally do something that looks like we care about people out there. This is a church that is, that is designed. There is a reason that the majority of the people in this church were unchurched before they started coming to Church 2911. Because we, we are different. We are weirdos in the church world. We're the ones that, that, that want to be different from the world, but we want to be different from any church that doesn't line up with God's we, we want to be We want to be God's, God's vessel. And that's not saying any other church is not. I'm just telling you, this church is different. And that's why I'm here, because I'm different. I'm a weirdo. Some of you guys know that if you've ever talked to me very much. God is looking for different, and not just different. This church is not where it was when I first came seven years ago. Because much like people, we grow and we learn and we do things. Pastor Rick's been pastoring most of his life. And so it would be easy for him to say, I've learned all the rest of about pastoring, so I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you younger guys that come, and you know, that uh, I, I'm going to help you and, get, and share my knowledge. But I know for a fact, because I've seen him and I've watched him, he doesn't, he's not content with that. He's looking for, he'll listen to leaders anywhere. Younger, older, the same age. They might even be in the church world. There may be leaders in the business world who understand leadership techniques that he can turn and he can take because he knows that where he is today is not going to be sufficient for where God has him and this church next week, next year, next decade. And we have to understand that God, what God has for you, where you are right now, I've been in ministry most of my life, and what God has for me in 10 years, where I'm at now, is not going to cut it. Where you are now in your spiritual walk is great for now, but it's not going to be enough next week, next month, next year. God is looking for us to, to, to have that maturity, to be like Christ in everything, that we take our lead from him who's the source of everything that we do. Um, Luke 6.20, this, this is about being different and, and growing. If someone takes, uh, takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. We don't like that. That's one of those verses we'd like to like, scratch out. You know, practice, if, if somebody takes advantage of you, this is your chance to be a servant. Uh, I don't like that. I don't want to be a servant. I want to be like the world that says, if somebody takes, I want my stuff back. I want it back with interest. If you steal from me, I want you to give it back. Jesus said, if somebody, somebody takes advantage of you, use that occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. No more if you do me, I'm going to do you. No more if you take from me, I'm going to if you hurt from me, I'm going to hurt you. No more of this tit for tat stuff. Live generously. Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you then grab the initiative and do it for them. You may have heard this verse uh, in the King James where it says, whatsoever you would that men would do, you, do unto you, do you even so to them. It's called the golden rule. Whatever it is that you want, you want people to do for you, you got to be that. If you, want, if you want people to treat you differently, there's going to come a time in all of our lives that we're going to need help. And if you're like me and you grew up in the generation that I did or, or, or before, asking for help is, is frowned upon. You know, you're supposed to make it. You're supposed to make it yourself. You're supposed to be self-sufficient. That's what, but God created us to need one another. 
God created us so that we work together. Just like my wife, there are things that I can do, but I, 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 I can accomplish a lot more with my wife because we make a really good team. Uh, if I'm at work and, and I've, got, I've got a helper with me, I could do a lot more with two of us than I can just by myself. God has created us to need one another. And so in order to do that, we have to, we have to help others when they're in need. I get really frustrated when uh, Facebook is a really frustrating thing for me. <laughs> and uh, I get frustrated when I see people complain about somebody. Um, there was a friend of mine, and they were complaining that they had seen, a, they had seen a, a person who said he was a homeless veteran, and he was begging on the side of the interstate. And they proceeded to encourage the members or, or the friends in their church to, you know, don't, don't, don't mess with this guy because he's, there's no way. If he, was a, if he was a real soldier, he'd have done and, and they went on and on and on. And I was like, man, what would Jesus do? You know, Jesus would have said, hey, and, and, and here's the thing. I get taken advantage of occasionally. There are people that stop me um, in, in areas that I have to work in sometimes, and there are people that come to the gas station where I'm at, and they're telling me. I've been in ministry. Uh, we, we used to, the church we were on staff at, uh, one of the churches, the one in Florida, um, it failed to the different pastors at different times or another, they would be the one on call that day. So when people came in, and they would come in, and uh, especially when you're in Florida, everybody's always traveling somewhere in Florida. They're trying to get, and they always run out of gas right outside our church, it seems like. And so they'd want to come in and want, and want help. And there were situations that I knew that this person was not being completely and totally honest with me. But there was something that I knew that God needed to reach this person. And so there were times that I gave up my own pocket because I didn't want to waste the church's money just so that I could tell this person, listen, I just want you to know that I love you and can I pray with you before you go. God is looking for people who are different. People who are not caught up with, you're not going to take advantage of me. You know what? People took advantage of Jesus and Jesus let them. Because Jesus understood that I am being different. He knew they were lying. He knew. Anyway, let me tell you the final thing, and this is the, the important reason. God wants us to be different from the world. He wants us to be different from where we were to continue to grow. And there's a reason. God doesn't want us to be different just to be weird. God doesn't want us to be. There are, there are people who think the church is supposed to be weird just for the sake of being weird. But God wants us to be different for a purpose. There is a reason that God calls us to be different. There is a reason that, calls, that, that God calls us to not be like the world and to not be like status quo, but to, to be different. Unlike people who are simply different for the sake of being different or to call attention to themselves, God wants us to be different so that we can reach the world. If we go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, we read 9 and 10. If you continue reading on into verse 11, it says, Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. I love that verse. We'll come back to that. Then they'll be one over to God's side and there to join in the celebration when he arrives. It says, Live an exemplary life among the natives. We're not of this world. God, that sounds weird. I told you I'm a weirdo, and that sounds weird. I get that. 
But God says that I have called you out, apart, to be different. You are no longer of this world, but you're citizens of my world. And so we, I'm calling you to live an exemplary life so that those that are in and of this world will be so impressed that their prejudices against you will not be able to work. There was a, uh, and I, I, I want to say this, this has nothing to do with politics, this has nothing to do with, with any of the, 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 um, the debates that are going on in our country right now. This is simply about being different. There was a president of a, Bible, of a major Bible college, <clears throat> and about six or eight months ago, he, he was quoted as saying in, a, in one of their rallies that he said, I want to have my gun by my side. So when those terrorists, and he, 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 he talked about a specific group of terrorists, so if one of those terrorists ever come in, I can drop them where they stand before they get to me. And the world had a field day. Some of you guys may have heard this. It was, it, it was, it was in the news. And um, they had a field day with it because they said the church only exists to further their self and to kill anyone who doesn't believe them. They're only interested in them surviving, and if you're not like us, then you might as well be dead. And, 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 and they began to swirl, and, and, and they took that soundbite. I have no doubt that he had, he had no intent for that to be meant that way. But God is calling us to be different. He tells us that, that we're going to be judged by every idle word that comes out of our mouth. We have to be careful what we say because there are people looking to take what God wants us to tell them and to turn it around to turn everyone else against us. I, I, I said this first service, and I'm going to say it again. This, this next little segment is strictly Jeff, okay? And if I'm wrong, then, then, then that's, that's completely but I firmly believe that there is coming a day in this country that it will be extremely impossible for the church to exist in its present form. For Christians, for people who are believers in Christ to be able to stand and proclaim what they believe without, without real persecution. I don't mean being called a bigot. I don't mean being called a hate monger. I mean real persecution. It is up to us to teach our children. It is up to us. It's not up just to Justin to teach the young people and, and, and Caleb and Kelsey and the people that work with some of those. It's not just kids 2911. It's not just Rick. It is up to us to raise our children the truth of Scripture. Not just the half-truths that back up what we like to think, but the whole truth, the part that says that when people take advantage of it, use it as an example to live the servant life. The part that says that, that God has placed authority over you and that we're to submit to that authority and to submit unto, to submit unto God, but also to submit unto that authority until it comes into con complete conflict with what God tells you to do. It is up to us to raise up those kids so that as it gets more and more difficult to stand for God, that they will know the truth. I went back to school uh, when I was in my mid to late 20s to finish my music degree. I was on staff at a church, and, and they, uh, 
they paid for us to go back to school if it was in our, our field of study. And so um, I was in my late 20s, and, and so the average age was about 19. I was a music major, but I had to take a science class for some unknown reason. And so I take this science class, and um, the very first day, the teacher gets up, and, and he says, I, he was very, the guy was really, really walking the line, and he talked about his own personal background, and, um, and he said, I, this is not a religious class. This is a science class. And he said, we're going to discuss what we believe scientific thoughts and scientific facts tell us. And, and you know, he laid it out, and he began to talk about how science believes the world came into being and how old the world was and these things. And there was a young man on the front row, he was about 18, and he immediately got stiffened up and he bowed up and he began to argue with the teacher about how he was, uh, uh, you know, he was a reprobate and he was going to hell. And it was, it was, and, and, and I was just, I, I, I cringed because I was like, there's a time and a place to have this discussion. And right now, all you've done is, is damage the opportunity to talk to this gentleman. Um, because I believe that my God is bigger than anything. And I believe that my God is bigger than me. And my mind doesn't comprehend all of these things, but God does. And my God is big enough to handle it. And God gives me opportunities when I don't jump at and do that. But this young man only had half of the truth because some of the things that he began to spout and some of the things... I, I don't want to seem like I, I'm saying don't ever stand up. I'm telling you that not everything that he was saying was completely scriptural. He was using it to be, simply be combative and argumentative at that moment. And so God expects us to raise our kids. The kids that were there that were 10, 15 years younger than me in college at that time, they, most of them, one of two things happens. They had such a poor, solid found, a, a poor foundation of scripture that one, they simply had arguments and were, were combative and they closed off and they didn't want to have discussions. They simply wanted to argue. Or two, they turned around and they left the church because they were convinced by the half-truths and the arguments. It is up to us to raise a generation that understands Scripture, not just half, but all of Scripture that knows that God loves you exactly like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Be that, be that eats way too much fried chicken. Be that argues too much. Be that is living a sinful life in one way or another, and there are a lot of sin out there, not just one or two. There are a ton of sins out there that a lot of people who are in church are involved in. But God is calling us to be different, to lay those things down, to walk away and to turn around so that we, the church, can make a difference in our community. i got one more scripture to share with you, but before I do, I want you to stand and come down here. I know you don't want to get that close to this weirdo, but it's okay. There's, there's a safe barrier here. There'll be guys in front of it for your protection here and there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And um, he says, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. 
religious, non-religious, meticulous moralist, and loose-living immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did it all because of the message. I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. The church, especially the American church, for too long, we talk about it. And, and, and when I say the church, I've been a part of it my entire life. Um, my, my dad was a deacon. My grandfather was a pastor. My mom was a pastor's kid. She sang in the choir. I've been in church my entire life, and I was just as guilty for years. And it's why seven years ago I said, I'm tired of just, just doing this as a job or as a, as a, I want to be a part of something different. I want to be different. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be in on it. And this morning, God is calling us to be different. God is calling us to be weird by some of the world's standards. And some of the church's standards, some of us will call us weird. Because we're not simply, we're not simply bound by this or that. It's not simply, we're not bound by either pro-choice or anti-abortion. We are pro-life. We love life. We are for the children after they get here as well. We want to take care of these kids like little Angie. We want to do what we can do and stand up because we believe that God loves so much that he gave himself to die so that we could have life. Understand this, God has been, God has been hammering me with this message for two months. Um, that I want you to be different. That no matter where you've been and what you've done, no matter what you might have accomplished, that's well and good, but I want more for you. And in order to be more, you've got to be different. You can't simply stay where you are. You've got to be different. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and pastoral staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer requests by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.